And I think there's like a big thing with like people not jumping fully in and like it's it's sad for me because a lot of people never get to experience like they only they only do what's comfortable. They only like they don't tip to out. They don't like go anywhere where it's uncomfortable. And like we find the most growth as a human, as a person um, when we step outside of our comfort zone and grow in that way. Um, we must have challenges like to make us step outside of our comfort zone and let us just grow into who we truly are. Um, and food is such a comfort, like, and it is like it's it's part of like the culture and everything uh, of a lot of people, but we are using these excuses as um, ways to just keep doing what we're doing um, and not like actually challenge what we're thinking and, and grow from that. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This week's episode is with Garrett Kenyon. Uh, Garrett and I connected a while back on Instagram uh, through a previous guest I had on the podcast. Uh, but Garrett is a professional distance runner. Uh, he's currently in the Boston area for some training and some racing. Uh, he was fresh off a of victory up in Rochester, New York, when I sat down for this conversation. Uh, we talk about Garrett's progression um, as a runner from running in high school all the way up to, you know, when he got serious about uh, going pro, uh, why he went plant-based to improve his performance in college, why his plant-based diet and his mindset and sort of how he approaches life um, are, are his massive competitive advantages, uh, and how he's using his platform as an athlete uh, to reduce suffering in the world and inspire conscious living. Um, that's his goal and that's his message. Uh, he's just an incredibly inspiring dude. Um, and he's just showing people that, you know, athletes in, in the everyday person alike that not only do you not need animal products to perform and to be healthy, but they're actually hindering your performance. Um, and we get all into his diet, um, and why plants power him to do what he does, um, and at the same time makes such a difference in the world. Um, so I'm going to let Garrett tell the rest. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed meeting him, uh, instantly connected. His energy is incredible, um, and the dude is fast and just an inspiration. So without further ado, the incredible Garrett Kenyon. All right, I'm with Garrett Kenyon. We're uh, at Kohi Coffee. Actually, my first time. I know I selected the location because I wanted to check out uh, Boston Landing. This is kind of like a new development here in uh, yeah. Alston. But uh, we're sitting here, and Garrett, you were just up in New York, yeah? Yes. Upstate New York? Yeah, in the Rochester area. Yeah, and you're, you're from what I saw from Instagram, you're, you're fresh off a W, right? Yes, yeah. I Actually, it was the USATF uh, Niagara Association 5K Champs. Uh, so it was like a bigger race for the association and um, came away with the win. So Yeah, so I was, uh, I was surprised when I saw, like, you, you run 5Ks. Yeah. Like, I, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, distance. Like, I just never would have thought you'd, like, show off for a 5K. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you were – I actually – I looked up your 
your uh, pace mm-hmm. just out of curiosity. Yeah. Something like 444, 445? That race was, yeah, I ran a 1443 for the win. Uh, and it was like, I cut it down 440, 442, and then like a three or 435. Um, so that was like the kind of the split between the each three miles. But um, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I just want like people listening to like appreciate that if they're like not runners. Like I consider myself a pretty fit dude. If I went to the track right now and ran a mile, one mile, as fast as I possibly could all out, like, I maybe break, like, 5.30. You know what I mean? So, hey, like... That's, that's pretty good still. Like, good yeah, most but, people. but just the fact that you're able to run, you know, what is it, 3.2 of 5K? Yeah, 3.1, yeah. 3.1 miles at a 4.40 pace is just yeah, obnoxious. I, my, uh, <laughs> I ran, bananas. like, a... Like a of my 1408 was like my PR is my PR on the roads. So 1408. Um, so yeah, what is that? That out was to? Uh, that was in Florida uh, yeah. in January, and I ran, it was like a 432, a 435, and then a 421 last mile. So Come that one was a little faster. On, so right now I'm man. still like getting back into shape and doing these 5Ks, yeah. and but I like running fast. What can I say? <laughs> Damn, dude, that's incredible. Yeah. So uh, I we we've been talking a little bit, but I haven't gotten sort of like any real background on you we were talking about your running and all that and some basic stuff but uh could we sort of get some like early life background yeah. and sort of we can kind of lead up to where we are today yeah for sure um okay so i was born in california uh lake tahoe truckee area and moved i wasn't i didn't really remember much from there um but moved to colorado and i grew up in colorado springs um my entire life um so definitely an altitude kid um, from Northern California to Colorado. Um, I, in high school, I did, um, a lot of running and then marching band and, um, I guess academics. Um, but I was really into those three things. And I, when I was choosing colleges, I wanted to make sure I wanted to go division one college for running. Uh, I wanted to have a music program. And then I also wanted my, um, career path was, uh, an ER doctor. I wanted to be an ER doctor out of high school. Mm. Um, so Creighton University um, was the kind of like the had all three of those what they they what I wanted in a college. So I decided to go there after high school, um, and it was great. Like it was, uh, I did five years there. Uh, I did a, my fourth year. I did a redshirt year, and it kind of just that college experience fine tuned what I really wanted to actually get out of life and post college and post-education, uh, formal education, and yeah, uh, I changed my major like my freshman year, uh, and then changed it a few times, and then I realized, my coach and I realized that we wanted to go pro and, uh, and, do, and do this professional running career, um, so yeah, sophomore year, that's when I decided I wanted to do it. So, um, obviously, you were a very good high school runner. I actually, everybody, like, everybody thinks that, and it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, because I get to tell people like 1616 was my high school PR, which is like, it's decent for altitude. Um, but I wasn't, you know, the baller going to, uh, Nike cross nationals or foot locker. I didn't even go to those races. I didn't, I mean, I didn't qualify for any national races, didn't race anything big. And, um, I think that's what makes this like my story. So it's like unique is because I want to prove to people that you at like any high school or at any talent level, if they just pursue it with everything. 
and like and how they have the right coach and everything like things can happen um so yeah i'm not not a crazy baller out of high school um but i definitely was good enough to go to a d1 college and compete so yeah and, and what was sort of the like spark early on were like parents big runners or siblings or what was like the what was the inspiration to kind of like <laughs> i actually you know, take it seriously so i middle school i was i was really into the band thing um mm. i played trumpet and i still do uh and love that part of my life and i was actually kind of like a little bit chubbier when i was like in like sixth seventh grade and i actually started running because i wanted to like kind of look better and not be the chubby kid <laughs> um and uh, sixth grade i like started to like running and it was it was good in seventh grade i actually turned out to be like one of the best runners in the middle school um eighth grade i ran some good times and i was the high school was ready for me to like come and hopefully be on varsity the next year and um, my dad was a distance runner and he ran for the sheriff's academy when he was uh training down there and uh, he, he did distance and he just always talks about he can do his five minute miler or like five minute mile there's like a 25 minute 8k just like with all the other guys and yeah so i feel like i get my endurance side from him and then my mom was a sprinter in high school so okay, i kind of so got the, it's I got definitely the best in of both the blood worlds. a little bit yeah all right all right uh yeah. and then my brothers they do like a little brother to soccer older brother did football and yeah so yeah yeah, so I'm picturing like a little th two brothers, little little competitive when it comes to sports a little bit. Yeah, I think like I'm the middle kid, so I was like kind of the. I guess I didn't have the middle kid syndrome where I'm like the ignored one, but uh, I don't know. I uh, like we have a very interesting interesting dynamic between us brothers, and yeah, growing in a household of all guys, pretty much. My mom had to like kind of pull us apart sometimes when yeah. we got really competitive, um, but I think that competitive nature grew when I was a kid yeah um, so so you go to Creighton you're kind of so sophomore year you made the decision to try to go pro was that what you mentioned yeah I was I, I took it more seriously so freshman year it was like between pursuing music I was actually going to transfer after like out of Creighton because I didn't like the coaching the coach that was there I wanted to move on and like uh, go to a different school for running uh, but we had our assistant coach and he got hired as our head coach uh, and I was I, I believed in him full-heartedly he was going to take me to where I wanted to be in mm. my running career and that kind of just like inspired me to keep doing this and uh, yeah that was so sophomore year was like the kind of the, the click um, and that's when I started changing my majors to like fit the running lifestyle instead of me like going for the education part and kind of catering my life towards that I catered it towards how can I make life easier or more opportunities presented for my running uh, in the future type thing yeah so that's going to be a big decision I mean yeah so sophomore are you like starting to like win some races and, and you're like really developing is that why the decision was made or were you yeah. still not quite you weren't quite sure if you had it in you but you just decided to kind of commit and go all go, go all in i think that's the di difference between like division one and like all other division mentality uh is division one athletes tend to jump full in they don't tiptoe and like put like one little foot into the puddle like they they full on jump right in yeah and that's when i was like I had to commit when I was, I was like, I'm a D1 athlete. Like, I got to commit to this. Uh, I was, like I said, I, uh, I was the number one guy since my freshman year. 
uh, so I was always like the number one at the at Creighton, um, and I kind of had to live with that like target on my back from all the years from all the upperclassmen looking yeah. down on me and um, yeah. So I think. I saw a few, like I had a good PR my freshman year, and then it was more of like, we just need to develop. And my coach really, really like talked that into me is like, we have a long career ahead of you. Like you have some potent, like amazing potential and we just need to make sure that we like treat it right and we change my form. Like so sophomore and junior year weren't like glamorous at all. It was like changing my form, changing a lot of like habits, uh, eating habits, that's something and everything kind of started changing. Um, and yeah, and then like senior my senior year it was like my first year that I was like boom on the map and that's when mm-hmm. I ran it was my redshirt year so I couldn't like qualify for nationals but that was the first year that it came to light that I was like I can do this professionally after college yeah. like uh, I ran like a 2348 uh for the win at like a a major meet at the end of the season which is like a, a pretty good time for uh it's like a nationally ranked time um and, and I so, knew that so what are you what are you running like for somebody that knows nothing about, like, yeah. you know, the like, what events are you running? And, and when you say a 20, 20 oh, yeah, or sorry about that. Um, so in college, cross country, there's cross country, indoor track, and outdoor track. Yep. Um, Creighton didn't have a sanctioned track program, but we can still run track. We just couldn't run it uh, at, like, the NCAAs. But for cross country, we could. And the so cross country, we do 8Ks, which is five miles. Uh, and uh, for like normal season and then 10Ks for um, championship season so like regionals uh, and nationals gotcha. so my fifth year um, I couldn't do regionals and nationals because of my red shirt uh, so I just ended my season at the last the last 8K and that was uh, a win at like the Bradley Classic and beat some like pretty good names uh, there and ran that 2348 which is like a four like 42 for five miles something yep. around there um, so yeah, I was, I was getting strong and I had an amazing season leading up to that. Uh, fifth year came, uh, and I had the first race. It was great. Uh, I got third place, um, and I did like pretty competitive meet. And like right after that, I got injured. Um, uh, so I didn't have a fifth year. Mm. So I wasn't able to like actually get onto the national scene and like kind of throw, throw down with the big dogs because of that injury. Yeah, what was the injury out of curiosity? Uh, my SI joint was out of place, and uh, I couldn't. Uh, the tra- we did the trainers. It was just kind of like they didn't let me see the chiropractor, and it was just some like stuff that it could have been prevented, but it just it just didn't happen. Um, it could have been fixed fast, but I think we took that opportunity to explore other parts of my life and get like passionate about other things in life. Um, during that time so I'm not saying like it was a, a bad time like or a waste of time because I wasn't able to run like I grew a lot that season mm. outside of running and I think that's honestly it's more important and it's it's what has helped me be a pro today and will be a human for the rest of my life yeah um, that experience it made it hard for you know getting sponsorships because you go and like ask for a sponsorship or uh, meet with people and they're like oh what did you run in college and I can't say I've gone to nationals. I can't say I've yeah. placed top 10 or I'm an All-American because I'm not. Uh, mm. But I know that if I would have been able to throw down, I would have been I would have been there. Um, so that yeah. kind of that kind of fire is like in me and I want to like a little chip on the shoulder because yeah, of that. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I like I can work up to that and be with those guys. 
and compete with them. Yeah, so, so I asked you a few minutes before we started, but uh, for people wondering, like, what is, when you say, like, professional runner, mm-hmm. like, what is the tip of the iceberg, like, the, the pinnacle of being a professional runner? Yeah, well, like I think... What's the ultimate goal, right? What's the best case scenario for, for yeah, Garrett? I think we'll, I, we like, back up a little bit. Like, professional yeah. running, like, running is, like, when someone says that you're a professional runner, people can, you know, fake it till you make it. You can... There's a lot of uh, people that claim themselves as professional runners when they're just, like, they're not... They're not professionals and I and I see like being a professional in something is like you're able to go you do your thing and like you make sure it happens so like when I show up on race day I need to get to the line and like I have the mentality to win whether it's a podunk 5k somewhere or whether it's a USA championship race like yeah I have to go into the mentality and I have to do whatever I need to do that day to win so that's why I all these races that I'm doing I have to show up to that and just do, do the thing that's why I consider myself as a professional runner because when I show up I I know how to do my profession um, for a typical like runner like a tip of the iceberg like you're asking um, there's Olympics there's like winning Olympic gold um, there's winning world championships there's uh, winning major marathons like Boston uh, London uh, New York those kind of things um getting a world record, American record. Those are some, like, you know, accomplishments that, like, you can get as a runner, and that's, like, definitely shows that you've done done your work and done your part. Uh, and those are definitely goals that I have. Um, yeah, what do you, what's, the, what's the goal right now? I think the goal is just to be, for me, is just to, like, live and be, and, yeah. uh, be human. And, but at, with my running career, I want to... I have a different approach. I think people will just like, you know, I want to win the Olympic gold to get the fame yeah, yeah. and everything. And for me, it's like, no, I want to, I want to win Olympic gold so I can have a platform to educate, to inspire conscious living, that kind of thing. Like, mm. that's why I want it. I don't want it because, oh, it's cool. Like, I want, I want a gold. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I get cool. paid by Nike every now and then. And yeah, stuff like exactly. That, right? That's like, it's, that's why, I mean, I don't have a sponsor. I don't have, like, to, I don't have that pressure to um, people to, like, Hey, you should, you need to be running this time or so on. Like, no, I want to be the best I can and show up and be the best at the race. So then people can look at me and be like, wow, like what is he doing that no one else is doing? And I'm, I'm just living. Like, uh, I think people get wrapped up into the running world really, really easily. Um, and they can get it wrapped up in the, the results and all the, the gear and all kinds of stuff. And they don't, they don't understand. It's just like, it's life. And you just run, and you can just you can just be good, like you can, and you can just get better. And that with with the right coaching and stimulus and everything. But yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So that's a good leading to when does this whole diet change take place, and sort of your awareness around food and <clears throat> both your kind of impact in the world, but also performance. When does that kind of connection take place? So, I grew up with kind of, I guess a lot of people grow up not being able to ask why. And that was like a big question that 
you just as like a kid you're just kind of like stop asking why like it's just kind of annoying like yeah yeah uh just kind of push to the side and you just kind of accept things the way they are or you're just like you kind of just live by society whatever society tells you and that was that was me um and my <clears throat> my first time in college uh was my freshman year and that was when the assistant coach became the head coach and he just he really challenged me to be like Garrett you should start asking why just ask why uh, more often and it kind of like opened like blew my mind I was like oh I can ask why and so the first thing I did is I asked why to the dairy industry and that was my that was like my first time I was like okay why does why does milk actually give you strong bones and found out that it didn't like and that was the coolest like most liberating feeling like I there's the first book I read was uh, uh, Whitewash by uh, I think McDougal McDougal yeah um, and that book just like blew my mind I was I'm a very like sciencey person I like that's why I went to that college and uh, I love just reading the data the, the research behind it and that was just so like mind blowing for me um and I think it, like, inspired me to, like, keep wanting more education. So that was 20, end of 2012. I was, I was like, asking questions. And I started experimenting with uh, dairy. And I was like, okay, I did two weeks off of dairy. And then I did one week on. And I didn't really feel, like, too much difference when I went off of the dairy. But when I added it back in, it was, like, I felt awful. Yeah. Like, it was just, okay, there's something wrong with this. I just, I, I shouldn't have this in my body. So I experimented again. I did like two weeks off of it and I felt great. And I was like, all right, let me just do one day. And just, I added it in for one day and I was, I couldn't think. I couldn't like think straight. I couldn't, recovery was not good. Like everything for running was not good. And I was like, okay, this needs to be a thing. Like, so I went not dairy. And then I just started reading more about meat, everything. It just kind of all like, I asked why and I just, yeah, and I, so I started ditching a lot of things. I started experimenting, and within like a three-month period, like I had no dairy, I had no meat. Uh, it was technically plant-based because I ate, I still ate honey, um, but yeah, I, I was pretty much I was vegan since uh, the middle of my freshman year, and I and I have been since. So yeah, the last or I ditched honey, like year two or three, um, but. I did it all at first um, for health because I wanted to be the best. Like that was when my coach was saying, like, we need to make all the decisions, the right decisions to make you an amazing athlete. And I saw that as uh, a plant-based vegan diet is one of the, one of the keys to make me an amazing athlete. Um, so I, I bought fully in, and I just jumped all in, and I was like, I'm doing this. And ever since freshman year, I, I've been doing that, and I've been like. It kind of just like it sparks you so much like fire to like go and tell people all about it mm. um, but and then you add in like year four was like ethical or uh environmental stuff came in and then like year five that i was beginning like it was like the ethical argument like everything kind of came in so it was like it was all like kind of that health-based like kind of greedy uh like to make myself better um but uh, yeah. You, eventually, you add more reasons when you learn about all kinds of more stuff. And, yeah. yeah. You, you, your, your sort of transition is very similar to mine mm. in that started with, I'm just trying to be, like, the best I can be. And it started, there wasn't, like, a conscious, like, I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to go plant-based. It was exactly what you did, just, like, 
experimenting. Mm -hmm. Like, let me, instead of my eggs in the morning, let me do a smoothie. And just slowly, and then exactly what you said, you know, once you start to add that stuff back, if you, you just, when you add it back, you like literally... Your body you can't, you do. can't deal with it. Yeah. yeah, and I think so many people are just living in this sort of uh, pattern where they haven't experienced anything better than how they're living. So they eat eggs and they don't. They're just kind of used to that that like low energy. They low, haven't felt a high, so they, they only know what low feels like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They haven't felt as good as they can feel, mm-hmm. and I had never. And once you get a taste of that, and then you go back to kind of the old way of eating, you, you, your body just, you feel awful. Yeah. It's like a natural thing, but most people don't have the balls to commit to no dairy or no meat for a, a week even. Like, they yeah. can't do it, um, which is a whole other story. But, you know, you obviously, with your athletic mentality and kind of that, do whatever it takes to be the best. Yeah. Um, you know, probably overshadow that. I can tell you, like, have the personality where you'd probably try that in life anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and that's very much my, like, if there's something that can make me better, I'm giving it a shot, you know, yeah. if that's what the data says. But, <clears throat> yeah, very similar. And then once you find out the data, it's just like... And I think there's, like, a big thing with, like, people not jumping fully in. And, like, it's, it's sad for me because a lot of people never get to experience, like, they only they only do what's comfortable. They only like, they don't tip out. They don't like go anywhere where it's uncomfortable. And like, we find the most growth as a human, as a person, um, when we step outside of our comfort zone and grow in that way. Um, we must have challenges like to make us step outside of our comfort zone and let us just grow into who we truly are. Um, and food is such a comfort like and it is like it's it's part of like the culture and everything uh, of a lot of people but we are using these excuses as um ways to just keep doing what we're doing um and not like actually challenge what we're thinking and and grow from that Uh, yeah so yeah i yeah so i like my mentality of jumping fully in it's very um, it can be aggressive sometimes and people can see that as like oh like you just need to go all in and like I like I do agree you should go all in and sometimes when I'm like moderating myself or, and I'm like saying you know you can take it slow and everything I'm kind of joking myself because I'm like I would never do that like yeah. I, I, I would never just like say someone hey you should like take two years to get like to like fully find your like find your uh way to eating plant-based uh, my thing is like just jump in like yeah. just do it like there's a, yeah ugh. there's there's like a side of me that like yeah it's like yeah you know the whole like everybody's on their own journey and it's like yeah. you know do you know any any improvements uh, you know like anybody that switches from cow's milk to almond milk like i celebrate i'm like all right yes, good exactly. like that's a win great but, like, for so many people, it's just, like, you're never going to experience the benefits of it unless you go all in on it. Yeah. So, most people will kind of dabble around with it and then throw their hands up and, you know, call it quits because they didn't experience what they expected to experience, but they were half-assing it. Yeah. So, it's, like, part of me is, like, yeah, like, any improvement is good, 
the other part is I me mean, it's just like just fucking do it like, yes and it's yes. just like uh it, it's so hard with with kind of how you approach that because you want to be approachable to people and when you say you know change everything you're doing yeah when it comes to eating it's you know it, it's yeah it's unapproachable to people and i think yeah you have that I, like i had that i think that part of me everybody goes through their stages of like being vegan or plant-based or whatever um but like you always there's always that part of like that angry vegan stage where yeah. you're, you're just like sure. you're realizing everything what's happening and you're just like so like bitter <laughs> at like why is this happening and you're just like you get so like upset and you're like why is everybody not making this connection and it's kind of that angry activist phase where you're just like I gotta yeah. do whatever I can and like I think ha- like harnessing that angry activist phase and always having that in you but not like being a militant and something where it's like um, perce- like it's it's being negatively perceived by the public um, but at the same time, we do need a wake up call. Like people do need to like, sometimes they need like a, like a slap in the face to be like, what is going on? Like, and some, cause some people are just, like I said, complacent and they just don't, uh, they don't want to be challenged. So they just keep accepting the norm and they go through that cognitive dissonance and make excuses and. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but they want all the benefits, you know, they that's do. the thing. <laughs> Everybody like, you know, and. Like, I get family and friends all the time that are like, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, you know, what should I do for a smoothie? You know, all these questions. And just like, it, it, I just want to be like, look, you need to just accept that changing the way you eat, yep. it's, it's going to take a little freaking work. And it's going to take time to understand the new ways and the new habits of eating. Yep. And people just want, like, the answer right now. And it's just like... Well, it that takes just, work. That reflects you know, just the, like anything else. Yeah, well, that reflects our society right yeah. now. It's like it's like the whole, we just want everything now in a pill, fast. And it's like, why can't we go down to the root of the problem? And people don't ask, people don't ask why often. And they, mm. and that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because that's what, we're, we're doing this Band-Aid effect and we're like slapping on like, oh, take this pill or do this pill. And you're just, you're not going to the root of the problem and uh, actually figuring it out. And, and people's root of the problem is going deep within them and be like, why am I so attached to this, like, this like animal product? Like, why am I so attached to it? Uh, and they don't want to do the inner work to figure it out. Um, yeah, for sure. But. So freshman year, you make the switch. What physically did it do for you? Uh, was it instantly noticeable or yeah what, I was what woke no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> uh, my freshman year I it was more of like a mental clarity honestly for me I so I I kind of did wake up like uh, I felt like I was actually excelling in college um, way faster than any of the other people that were there um, and that was true through my entire college career I felt like I, you know, I was studying so much my first semester of college and I was just like trying to write all the notes and type everything and just be like the great student and get the 4.0 and everything and that's what you're taught to do. And um, I decided like, or during freshman year, I was like, I actually learned how to learn. And I just, and by like my senior year, I would just sit in class. I would take no notes. I would not bring my computer, my notebook or whatever. I would just sit in class and absorb what the teacher taught me. And like, actually it, it was like a communication between the teacher and I. And I would never read the textbooks. I would never, like, I would just learn in class. Uh, and just, and that was 
and that made me a great student. Like, um, so I think that was due to me being able to just like first function well, my brain actually functioning, and second, just uh, questioning like the actual learning system and why is everybody just striving for a 4.0 and like memorizing stuff that they're never going to use again? Why don't you just like actually learn the stuff and like apply it to your life, and then the stuff that you're not going to use, like you don't need to apply that. Yeah, it's um, a, it's amazing. Like you're hitting on something that happened to me too. It's like with the whole food change, right? Mm-hmm. It it makes you start to not just be, because something you believed your whole life. Once you did, like dug underneath the surface yeah. and experienced a change yourself, that you're like, that's totally backwards, right? Oh, and yeah. then it just oh, yeah. leads you to start questioning everything. almost everything, everything, every decision you make yeah. in your life, whether it's you know, the, the coffee you buy to the, you know, belt you buy at the store to, you know, and how the system works all yeah. over. Yeah. And that's all, ultimately, that's what consciousness is. Mm. And if you wake up and if you are a conscious being, that is the goal of my platform as an athlete, my the team that I'm on as a, as a team, um, my coach, my teammates, like that is our, that's our platform. We want to wake people up and just inspire that conscious thinking so people... Stop, stop like just doing what society says like constantly to do and actually like wonder why and question and uh, experience that it's I'm not saying it's like a constant high the entire time like you go through life where you're like man I'm questioning everything and like yeah. you go through so many highs and lows but actually coming through the end of it and I'm still on the journey we all are um, but like experiencing that journey of the ups and downs it makes it all worth it I saw your post earlier about the the mountains and it's like it's not the peak that like but it's the mm. journey like going up the peak that is really what matters like mm. and enjoying that process and going up the peak and like enjoying every single moment and then even the peak is just one more moment like it's not more special than any other moment it's just another moment and if you treat every moment as like amazing that's when you're truly present and you're truly just being um so I don't know how I got into that point, but yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So you mentioned in there. So is your team? You have a team of other vegan runners. Yes. So uh, the team that I run for is called Team House Theory. We're based out of upstate New York, and uh, my co- my college coach is uh, he resigned from Creighton, and he decided to go coach pro after. Um, so him and his wife moved up to the Finger Lakes area and uh, they uh, they operate a vegan bed and breakfast now uh, on the Finger Lakes um, cool. and they have some awesome, awesome stuff. It's called June Bug Lodge uh, and it's, just, it's a really big experience and um, then he, on the side of the, the, like the bed and breakfast uh, yeah, he has the pro team as well. So he has me and then another athlete. Uh, her name is Maddie and She's out um, currently racing and training in uh, altitude in Colorado. Um, so we're the only two athletes right now. Um, but yeah, we're we're a pro vegan team, and we want to make sure that we inspire that conscious living. Yeah, that's super um, cool. And then other things that like my coach has, it's like um, it's he has what's called the Vegan Education Center. Since uh, it's it's a really big thing being able to actually educate the activists and educate like vegans because pe- when you go vegan you're kind of like what do I do like yeah. you, have, you don't know a lot of stuff uh, and you're like just hungry for knowledge 
And that's where Coach came in, and he owns, uh, yeah, and operates Vegan Education Center, which does tons of research. Uh, and they read books, and they read they read all the like the current research, and they give all this information to activists around the world. Like uh, he works with Joey Carbstrong, James Aspie, some really big names over in cool. Australia. Um, so he kind of like is a coach for activists and a coach for athletes. Yeah. Um, and then they op- operate the the vegan bed and breakfast, and then um, has the protein. So it's kind of like a big, and, that, and we've always had that idea of like having this kind of big vegan. Um, but more over just like conscious lifestyle and promoting it in every single way. Yeah. So, so that's really cool. <laughs> Thanks. So, in the running world, how sort of uh, hip to the whole vegan thing are runners? Is it still like I know like <laughs> like I'll do occasionally over the summer I'll do like. A, you know, like a pan mass challenge or like some big bike race and it's like still I go and it's like people like pounding the gels and like all the synthetic crap and then it's like burgers and dogs at the finish and like how like how woke I guess are people in the running world to They're still asleep. (laughs) They're still asleep. (laughs) Um and I I, there's and that's why I want to come into this like this world this running world and just like wake people up because when you go to these races it is it's a lot of the mentality is you can eat whatever you want because yeah. you're burning so many calories and you can just it just goes right through you and but it really doesn't like you're not looking actually what is happening in your body and um, it, it just wrecks havoc um, so yeah, I, I, at races I'm still seeing like there's always gonna be like there's cheese pizza at the USA Championships. I was just that like there's yeah. cheese pizza and all kinds of like just like junk afterwards. Um, but it's getting out there, and I think with the whole like I'm I think I'm the first like vegan dis- pro distance runner for like road racing and track. I think there's one more that's like maybe, um, but we want to be that first team is to like really promote that and say you can do it at a very competitive level and kind of wake that running community up because a lot of them are still like, oh, like you can, you can just eat whatever you want and it's it's not like that. Because like I, you reminded me of uh, like before the Boston Marathon, um, I follow uh, Shailene Shailene? Flanagan on, on Instagram Run and fast, eat slow. Yeah, and she's she's eating uh, ice cream the night before. Yeah, you know, eating ice cream the night before the Boston Marathon. Yeah, and just no connection. And then you know she has that whole like had to go to the bathroom like ten miles in or so or whatever. I, I didn't think was. about that, but that was probably but, it. like you know I don't know. There's just like to me when I see that stuff, I'm like yeah, of course. But at the same time, like obviously people who eat that way have had success in the sport too so it's kind of like you know who knows yeah but um yeah i good. think there's like a there in, in in the professional running world like there are still a lot of people that are just eat, like a lot of people actually follow that run fast eat slow by shalane fanagan type thing um and it's mostly there's a lot of plant-based stuff in that in that cookbook yeah um but it's still it's not it's not like completely plant-based not completely vegan um, and I think people being more conscious and eating more plants is always a good thing, uh, and cutting out, you know, dairy and, um, and yeah, and getting as many animal products out as possible is a good thing. 
but people are afraid of that full commitment. And I think you'll only see like, I think you'll only see like really fully committed athletes that will like actually make that jump. Um, I think that's what my job is. And that's what I like my calling is, is in this running world. I've, and since I've been racing on the road, like people after me, they see my website or they see, uh, they've heard of me and they know I'm vegan. They like, after the race, they're like, how do you go vegan? How do you do it? Like, and they're just, they're asking me all kinds of questions and I love it. It's like, they know I'm vegan. I am a resource for them and I want to inspire them to do their thing and like, and make it happen because that's like kind of my way of activism is just going to these races, winning them and showing them that you can be competitive, very, very competitive. And not not only competitive, but it's like, it's performance enhancing. You know, that's what I always say when people are like, like, can you do that? It's like, no, I like, I asked the opposite question. Like, how can you win eating all that other shit? You know, it's like, it's like people always ask me like, is it healthy? And it's like, no, what you're doing is not healthy, you know? And it's just like, flipping that mindset of like not only can you it it enhances you as a human you know and like that's my thing I was like I want to try to get all these other professional runners or just regular runners uh eating plant-based so then it can be like a fair competition type thing because it if it does feel like I'm just excelling really really fast because of what I eat and how I eat um and just how I live like yeah so I'm kind of waiting them to get yeah. to that level you know what's interesting I, I would be like curious to see how many obviously like you're in a world of professional runners how many people once they got the information would be able to you know commit to it because obviously you're dealing with a different type of human than the average person mm-hmm. they're at a professional level and you know are pretty much all in on something mm-hmm. but still food's a weird thing for a lot of people and there's a lot of other things that go into it, you know, culturally and everything. Um, I, yeah, I'd be curious to see, like, if there is a difference, if, like, I feel like athletes in general are more open and are, are more comfortable committing and diving in than the average person. Um, but I, I would be curious if, if they'd actually be be able to commit to it. Yeah. Because food's a different beast. It is. just going out and... No, it know. is. And I like the my last race that I uh, was at, there was the guy that was talking to me afterwards, just like... He's like, yeah, I really want to do it, but I just feel like I can't do it. Yeah. Like I, I like, and he was giving me all these reasons, and I'm like, you just gave me so many reasons, and they're all just like, I can, and I debunked them all on the spot. Yeah. And he was just, he was kind of like, okay, I have no reasons to not do it anymore. And I'm like, exactly. Like you now, you just need to do it. Um, but I think people actually committing to it, like I think they need like a that, that switch flipped, and yeah, and I, I, like I said, I like. I think the uh, people waking up and people choosing a compassionate living style, um, including eating a vegan diet, uh, is going to be one on all levels. It's not going to be it's not going to be one like on a grassroots movement. It's not going to be one from like the top down, government down. It's going to be one with all efforts. So like athletes doing it with uh, from the grassroots, from the top down, from every single aspect. And like I think it's our. I love this quote. It's. To be uh, to to live on this world, you have to be an uh, to to live on this world. You, uh, you have crap. <laughs> uh, the rent to stay on this world is to be an activist, and it's time to pay up. Mm. 
And that truly is. It's like we all have a voice and we all have a platform and it's all different. Everybody has a different way of doing it. And we all need to we all need to speak up. It's time for us all to speak up and start fighting it from all levels because the, the vegan world, it's coming like it's it's coming faster and faster with everyone that's joining in and speaking up. And and it's exciting for the movement. And yeah. Yeah. So. There's a part of me, right? Obviously, I want people to adopt this lifestyle and thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest thing for me is, like, just the fact that, like, your decisions each day directly determines how many years you get to spend with your kids and grandkids and, like, just really serious stuff, you know? Like, missing out on years of life with loved ones is, like, to me, that's, like, what I like to drive home with people. Like, just think about that. Yeah. You know, are you going to see your grandkid, are you going to pass when he's four years old, or are you going to see him graduate college? Like, that's that's real shit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people, you know, regardless of, you know, their stance on food, like, they resonate with that. Something I, I talk about a lot, but um, I totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so what were you what were you talking about before that? Uh, right before the that? rent to stay on this world is activism. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I think where I was some, somehow trying to get to was basically I want the best for people. I want the best for animals, the planet. Yep. Obviously, <clears throat> there is a part of me, you know, very selfishly that I'm like, this is my fucking secret weapon, you know. Yeah. And as an athlete, I'm sure you you think that somewhat like. Is there a part of you that says, all right, when all these other athletes, like, you know, this becomes more normal and everybody's, as you said, kind of on that equal playing field, does that become a disadvantage for you? Like, for me, like, I think in life, this is just, this is my secret sauce. Yeah. Like, when I switch, like, my whole, like, I just rose above, like, peers in every every aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um so obviously like I do this because you know I don't make money off this anything I do it for the good of the world yeah but there is a small part of me that I'm like damn if everybody did this like maybe I'd lose my edge a little bit is there anything anything there I, in I think like that? if you would have asked me that like my freshman sophomore year yeah. I would have been yes like I kind of hope that no one like discovers, discovers this. this yeah um, but once you once you see the suffering and once you see the yeah. ethical part of it yeah. and once you just like you open up your eyes uh, you realize you switch from being selfish to selfless mm. and that's that's what I am like I want to be selfless in everything mm. I do um, so I don't I know I don't have that little sliver yeah. in me like I want everybody like that I come into contact with to choose a plant-based diet and be like and live a compassionate lifestyle i don't care if it's like a secret or if it's like that little awesome sauce like that i have like overall like i want less suffering in the world Mm. and as that's my platform as athlete to promote less suffering in the world and uh if everybody becomes vegan because of that and is like doing that in the in the running world, great. Now I actually have a competition on my hands, and it'll and <laughs> yeah. I'll actually be able to like, yeah. um, you know, it'll motivate me to be even better uh, and compete against them because, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, and I, I should say I should for people that are like Pat, what the hell are you saying? No, yeah. like like <laughs> like I should say, 
obviously I want everybody to go vegan. Yeah. But I don't think I know the majority of the though. like my secret sauce is the whole plant foods, right? Yep. It's the juices, it's the smoothies, it's the fruit, right? Like that's the secret sauce, and we'll just say know, I hope. So I hope obviously, the, like I want the average person to go vegan. You know, eat your Impossible Burger and Sever yep. Burger and all that stuff, right? But like, and I, I don't think the average person anyway, even when the world goes vegan, that everybody's going to be pounding juice and smoothies and really the high performing food. Let's say right? I hope all the runners go to be junk food vegans, there so they're causing go. no harm, and then <laughs> I'll go. I'll have that's the what I'm talking whole food about. Plant yeah. uh, no, I'm right there with you, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. So um, on the on the mental side of things, like yeah. when it comes to racing, and I can speak on this just in life in general, but when it comes to racing, how important is sort of the mindset and sort of where you are in life out on out on the course? I know, like when I go out for a run and something's not right in my life like my my I, run will suffer. my run suffers yep. right whether it's like a problem with a girlfriend or a friend or or it's like whatever right i mean how how big is the mental oh, it's, piece it's everything i mean yeah. there's a few ways i can take this i'll just tell a quick story like my teammate and i when we were on the road together you know when you're with someone for so long it just you tend to have like disputes or whatever um so before a run one day we were just like my head was really clouded with like what we were going through and it was in florida and i just like uh i just went on the run and i was like kind of angry and i went out on the run and i just like i was like starting to feel like stuff pop up like little things here and there i was like oh man i'm not like this is not gonna be a good run i was like in a really bad headspace. um so i just stopped my watch i sat down on the gravel and like i just like sat there and breathe and just like took like tons of breaths and just cleared my head and just like listened to the birds like listen to the wind and the trees and just like I was with nature I was in that moment and that kind of just cleared my head and I was like nothing else matters but me in this moment right now and it was able to I was able to get back up start my watch and I had an amazing run uh, so mental it being it, the mental side is very big um, there's the confidence side uh, of mentality um, that comes with training. So when you get to like a certain amount of training under you or at a level uh, where you can just be like, all right, I'm here and I know I can win this however, whatever way I need to. And that's where I'm at right now is like I go to these races and I'm not PRing every single race. I'm going to these races and showing up and doing whatever I need to do to win. Um, and uh, I think a good example is that is these, this past weekends the USA TF championships in uh in New York and they uh I, I started at, like in 12th place in the first mile and everybody was like out in front of me and everything and you can see all the pictures that like I'm like way in the back yeah I was and, swiping like, through yeah. yeah and like and then second mile comes in and I'm like it got I'm like up to fourth place and then once the third mile hits I like I take the lead and drop the hammer and just and close hard so I know I can win and like when I was in 12th place I was sitting back there. I'm like, I know I can win this. Most people are like, oh my gosh, I'm back here. I need to get up to the front. It's like, no, like patience. Like I am, I am confident in my ability as an athlete. I'm confident in what my coach has given me um, for training. Um, and then, yeah, just being confident in that 
my non-cholesterol clogged filled arteries are going to be everyone else's clogged, mm-hmm. clogged arteries. Amen. <laughs> so, um, and I have that kind of like mental side is like, no, like these guys all ate like eggs or something in the morning or last night they just like carved up with like meat sauce and everything. And my, my, everything's sticking with me and these guys are all trying to still digest last night's food. So, uh, love it. Totally agree there. Too. There's a lot of mental stuff into it, but, uh, I think the other thing I was going to say is, um, competition. I, I, I was a, I, like, like you mentioned earlier with my brothers, like I was a competitive guy and I, I still am. Um, but I think being competitive is kind of overrated. Um, I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of sad guru, um, but yeah, being competitive is very interesting to me. Um, so I like in college, I was very competitive in all aspects of my life. You know, I was like, I started my own like raw dessert business and I was like really competitive with that and running in school I had three jobs and I was like wanted to be the best in everything um, and I had that all throughout high school too and when I graduated I kind of just got out of the system and I was like I just was me and uh, when it's time to be competitive it's like I, I'm not competitive in any area of my life now except for when I tow the line it's like all my competitiveness is like harnessed to toe the line and it's that for that like whatever however many minutes I'm racing uh, whether it's 5k 10k half marathon like I'm competitive for that amount of time and then I just I don't, I'm not competitive until um, uh, yeah until the next race yeah and then uh, also like training with people is a big mental barrier a lot of people don't a lot of people have teammates a lot of people that can like get through workouts and like have that mental like be like, oh, someone's with me, or I can, like, outkick my teammate, and I don't have that. Like, I haven't trained with anybody my entire post-collegiate career, Um, and even, like, during college, I didn't have a lot of training partners, um, just because I was, I wasn't, we were all at different levels, so um, I just didn't have that, like, competitive, or I didn't have that, like, training partner, so being able to, being able to just do your thing like day in and day out wake up do it get it done and not have to like rely on teammates or rely on like other people to make you do your thing it makes you strong in what you're it's made me strong in what I'm doing now so yeah yeah definitely and I can imagine like it's hard for like guys when I mean any competitive person when you're training with somebody and you're like, all right, I'm going to go out and I got to like stay at this pace and that's my run for the day. Like, I know for me, it would be like hard to not get competitive with that person. And then you're kind of throwing that your training regimen out the window because you're, you know, training with somebody. But anyway, um, what would you say your biggest challenge to date in life has been? Oh man. I would say, like we were talking about earlier, there's like this ups and downs of life. Um, one of the downs was when I did get injured my fifth year. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest struggles because I knew I wanted it so bad. I really, really wanted to make nationals. I wanted to do really well and be the first person at my school to ever qualify for nationals. All this stuff is in my head. Um, so that was, was kind of devastating when I had that. Uh, and I was in a funk, but what got me through it is actually vegan activism. And that whole semester, 
I kind of just put running on the side. I like I would try, I would go to therapy and everything to get like help with, like with the injury and everything, but it was more of like I need to work on myself, and that was one of the biggest challenges because you go through so many like God, what? Who am I? What? And you just all they ask all these questions, and that's it's a very like challenging part of your life. Um, but what I found was like being an activist in the community and like. Uh, being very well spoken in class and reading more and um, standing up for what I believed in I was I was not liked my fifth year at, at my school I was because I was very vocal and very active mm-hmm. in the community I I showed earthlings on the on the mall like on the uh, what's it called like the, the main a- the, yeah, yeah the main area of our yeah. campus like on world vegan day and like I had like everybody came in and like I would do I would like organize all the vegan activist stuff and did chalkivism, all, all that stuff, and it helped me realize like there's more to life than just running, and um, it's we have to become people before we can do anything else, and we have to work on ourselves before we can actually help others. And so that that entire semester was a challenge for me. Um, and then once I started running again, I felt like I was a stronger runner and dealt with some injuries. And then when I graduated, like I was like. Ah, the weight of the world was lifted off my hands and I just I was able to just finally train and be and just like I wasn't injured for 10 months which was unheard of in college I would get injured every sometimes every four or five weeks yeah um, and I got I was healthy for t- almost 10 months uh, right out of college and that's what made me excel so fast um, but that was probably the biggest challenge and I'm sure there's gonna be many more challenges ahead and it's just the way we handle them. So yeah. So so to somebody listening that this is maybe new to the whole plant based thing. I mean, what's it? What's an average day? I know you're coming from an athletic standpoint with this, but what's the average day look like in terms of eating and training for you? So yeah, uh, I have usually every day I'll have two sessions um, for right now in my training and. I, I don't eat anything before my runs. Everybody kind of th- thinks I'm crazy for that, but uh, yeah, I'm um, uh, not to cut I, you I, off. I, like I will cut you off real quick, but uh, that's you know the past like year or two. That's what a massive change for me is. Oh yeah. I won't. You know, I'll work out usually a little before noon, and you know I don't eat until one two p.m. You know after that. Oh wow. And uh, but again, I'm not like pushing the envelope like you are. You know, yeah. I'm just like getting my hour workout in. Yeah. Uh, but. The difference in like the you're, you're like on my runs is insane. From like your just your ability to breathe better and control over your body is so much better when your stomach's empty. Yeah, that's what I found. But anyway, uh, no, yeah, I I agree. Um, so I I go fast. I've experimented with like intermittent fasting and that kind of thing. And um, I, yeah, I like having the empty stomach and being able to work just like off of nothing and. Mm. Um, so I'll have, a, I'll have my first training run in the morning, which is usually anywhere between, depending on like where we're at in mileage, anywhere between like 8 and 12 miles. Uh, if it's a long run, it'll be longer. We'll usually do like speed work throughout the week and like um, just workouts on the track. Um, so that's always like the morning session. Uh, and then I'll like recover afterwards with like, I, I love fruit afterwards. It feels amazing just to eat like a good amount of fruit. Um, if anything, I'll have like maybe some protein, like a protein meal replacement shake. Um, 
and that'll just be like to supplement whatever I'm not getting. Um, that's like the only time I ever really consume protein powder or like not really protein powder, but like kind of like that plant-based. Yeah, like a nutrition shake. Or yeah, like Garden of Life or something yeah, like yeah. raw meal. Um, so yeah, uh, so that'll be like my morning, and then I'm usually after that I'll take a nap. Uh, uh, it depends on like if I'm traveling or if I'm not and so I'll definitely I'll, I'll try to get a nap in there and then I'll have office work throughout the day I have meetings I have uh, people I have to get in contact with um, that's throughout the day and then I get ready uh, lunch is usually I like to stay raw I did raw for 10 months when I was in college uh, so like that taught me a lot about like breaking mis- like misconceptions yeah. about like food um, so I like to eat either fruit or uh, like a salad for lunch um sometimes i'll eat some cooked stuff like tempeh like uh or some type of bean on a salad um but nothing too much and then the second session in the evening is usually um, a lifting session with either another run or a pool session um that's that's pretty much every day yeah Uh, and then for dinner is usually like a bigger meal like sweet potato with like some brown rice quinoa a bunch of veggies um just kind of whatever i'm feeling that day and it it kind of varies like when i'm on the road and traveling so much um but and then that's pretty much all i yeah yeah it's pretty simple (laughs) and then i get at least nine hours of sleep at night so yeah so you're very much on the raw side of things for the most part yeah i mean i think 100 obviously whole food whole food but yes for the most part i don't really have a lot of like junk food in there um but yeah i like to stay like raw for like the first half of the day just because it's really easily digestible i feel like the energy is really quick um to get and then i can kind of digest those like um cook stuff a little bit easier at night when i'm just kind of recovering and falling asleep um but yeah, it's it's usually always like those whole plant-based foods, and it's it's really hard it's really hard for me to like go out and step out and eat yeah. those like junk food vegan stuff because it's I'm, you feel it's, it. it's a very like it's a very fine-tuned machine like your body and like when you get to this level of like athleticism and like knowing your body like something little can like you can definitely feel it. So I just got to make sure with like the way that I have my career, it's like. I got to make sure that I'm making these decisions consciously and, um, yeah. yeah. And you're not like conscious of caloric intake or no. macros or any of that no. crap, right? Oh gosh. No. <laughs> oh, that drives me nuts. I, uh, my college professors would always be like, Oh, you got to count your calories. Or like, you got to make sure you're getting this many calories. And I like all those little things that like, you know, schooling teaches you or like the macros, like protein, fat and carbs, like there are more nutrients than just those three people. Like there's like, and like, and that's what I love (laughs) telling people, like you need like selenium. You're going to be like, or B3, like nice. And you're going to be depressed if you don't have enough of that in you. And like, that's just, it's clinically shown. And, um, so I, no, I, I make sure that like I eat, enough to where I'm feeling good and if I um I don't I I don't try to I sometimes I overeat but um I try not to overeat um and yeah yeah so it's I think there's a massive misconception around like fueling your body Mm. for performance versus giving it what it needs and then sort of getting out of its way at the same time. Mm. Um, I think everybody's always like, I need food for energy, I need food for energy. 
Whereas it's like, no, dude, you need to like chill, chill for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. And like get out of the body's way and like let it let give it you thing. energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a massive misconception there. Oh, completely. People, I mean, yeah, it's like food is like a, it's a drug. And it's like people just like constantly medicating themselves because it's like we have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like, no, we don't. Like, we don't have to like subscribe to that philosophy. Yeah. Like, you, you can eat whenever you want. You can eat once a day. You don't have to, you, do, you can eat once a week if you want. Yeah. Like, if that's what your body wants. Like, and that's what people don't understand. And they don't get to that point where like, oh, I'm going to experiment and like figure out what it is I like I feel I feel good on um, and that's how I feel good on like what I'm doing right now that's how I know I'm feeling good and um, it's, yeah. it's nothing like uh, if, I, if I if I feel like bad at some point I know exactly what I need to like get my body back to the like the right if I'm feeling sick if I'm getting like run down by something I know exactly what I need to like knock it all out and I don't get and I don't get sick yeah. like for sure yeah for sure um <clears throat> One piece of advice for somebody, actually, we'll say two pieces of advice. One for if somebody's like trying to, they want to start running tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Step one, like how do they how do they jump in? Okay. And then also if they want to try plant based or go more toward plant based, what's like step number one? Something easy, or I know we talked about jumping all in and yeah. versus not. But what's your if somebody asks you right now, like? All right, starting tomorrow morning, I want to go plant-based. What would you say? Or tomorrow morning, I want to start running. Running. Uh, okay, so I'll answer the running one first. Uh, for running, it's like... So when I get off of running, uh, and I do like a two-week break or whatever, and I start back up, it sucks. Like, my mm. body's like, what are you doing? Like, stop doing this. Um, and it's just because your body's not used to it. My advice to someone that starts running is run every day. I know it's kind of like against like a lot of what people say, but like go out there and run. It can be literally five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It can be 20, whatever it is. Like go out and do it, move the body. And because if you constantly be like, Oh, I'll run today. And then I'll take four days off and then you'll run another day. Like it's like, that's going to get the body into like, what are you doing? Like you're just being sporadic. Introduce that habit. And it doesn't have to be like, go run a mile. It can be go run around the block. And then like, that's, that's it. Like you move the body, but if you consistently do it every single day, a little bit and you grow it and you, and eventually you'll be running miles that you didn't even realize that you could do. Um, so I say like, just get started, like just, and do it consistently. Consistency is a big thing that I have found as an athlete is everything. Consistency is everything. Um, so just getting out there every single day. Uh, and if you feel good that day, go a little bit longer. If you don't still get out there, but just like run a little bit. Mm. Um, so that's like what I would say for running. Um, and don't get wrapped up into all like the, I need all this like tools and all this like crazy yeah, stuff. I need because, the shoes and the watch and the, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, no, just go out and move and yeah. like, just move your body. Um, like that's the most important thing. That's what's going to like get all the joints moving well and you'll feel, you'll feel better. Um, for someone that wants to go vegan or plant-based, um, I would say, hmm. I, I, all I want to say is like just like jump in like just <laughs> just try it uh, I would say um, you got to do some inner work of like um, like why am I like the my, my big thing that I said in college was like I don't want to be anybody's um, like bitch like I don't want to like I, that's I don't want to like be a victim to anybody um, so 
I made sure that like whatever decision I made is like, am I being the dairy industry's victim? Am I being like the the running philosophy's victim? And I'm like, I would go through all this like thing and like, if I was being a victim to that, whatever that stereotype was or whatever that is, I would say I would do that whatever the opposite was. And that got me into like a really good like mental headspace of like, ah, it's, I'm liberated, I'm free. I don't have to like, I don't have to be tied down by anything. Um, so start reading I would say like or get curious about it that would be my thing is like if you're curious start consuming information and start reading as much as you can act on it implement it and then get passionate about it uh, and that's what we did in college that's like that's why our t like our team was uh, plant based mostly uh, is because we followed that model of like we inspired people to like oh like we gave them a little like taste of here and there um so I would say, like, get that taste and, like, find what chord that you strike, um, whether it's uh, morally, if it's health, or if it's, like, uh, environmental. Find whatever you're, like, passionate about, then start reading and start consuming as much information as possible. And then it, it'll just take, take its place and you'll, be, you'll become active. You'll start implementing stuff and it kind of just all starts flowing. So mm. don't be comfortable. Just go out and go out and do it <laughs> love it love it um where can before the last one where can uh people reach out where can people follow you yeah. um instagram website that sort of stuff uh, okay so my website is uh www.garrettmkenyon uh do you want me to spell it uh i'll put it in the show notes okay yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's garrettmkenyon.com uh, and then all my social media is linked to one handle it's at garrettmkenyon two r's two t's and then garrettmkenyon um, so that's uh, Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. Um, my page on Facebook is kind of like the more exclusive stuff that I like kind of post to it every once in a while. And then I have a blog that I, I've been updating when I'm traveling on the roads, but, um, that's where people can ask me questions, hit me up, you know, with anything. Um, or if you want to help out in anything, like I'm always looking for hosts as I'm traveling around the country. Um, so if, if you're listening and you want to host a professional athlete, yep. let me let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, cool. And uh, I think, yeah, are we still on for, am I going to host you up oh, at yeah. the end of the month? Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm hosting. So if uh, Garrett's in your city, hook him up. Yeah. And um, I, I'll usually post like my race schedule or um, something on my website. And so people will know um, what area I'm coming to. So yeah, cool. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, before the last one, Thanks for doing this, number one. Thank you for having me. And thanks for doing what you're doing. You're an absolute beast. Like, thanks. I, I, like, every in the back of my head now, like every time I go out for a run, I'm gonna be like, oh, that was a, that was a 7:30 mile. <laughs> hey, you're out there moving, so that's that's what's most important. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're a beast and totally a, a amazing example, and just knocking down stereotypes and. Uh, yeah, and, and we need we need that, you know, especially, and I think, like, athletes are in a unique position because everybody looks to them for what's possible and what's not, and uh, yeah. so uh, keep doing what you're doing, dude. Thank you so much for having me. So this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. Yep. I believe that eating green, being vegan, puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do. Yeah. I define the make green portion of that, uh, kind of what my goal is at any particular time. Um, so I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Meaning, why do you eat green? What is your why for what you're doing? Why you live this lifestyle? Hmm. 
inspire conscious living. That's my green that I thrive off of. I don't, mon money is just something that's, it's, it's so man-made. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm living proof that you can live very minimally and thrive. Um, so my, my, my green would be people getting conversation or getting like information out of this conversation and getting inspiration to live a conscious lifestyle and start asking why and start asking questions and that's what gets me that's that's what gets me up every single day to do what I do um, is to know that I'm hopefully impacting people to make that switch and make those decisions so cool man awesome. thanks we did it awesome yeah, feel thanks, good man. thank you <laughs>